Good morning, it's Celeste from Me After Work and welcome back to You Don't Know What You Don't Know. Today we have Amber Danes. Amber is a communications consultant, business owner, speaker and author of the book Well Said, How to Be Heard in Business and Generate Real Influence. Amber also has a podcast called The Politics of Everything, which I love the title. And she's on the board of uh, Women for Election Australia and International Football and Tennis School. Welcome, Amber. Thanks for having me, Celeste. Now, your topic is so different and exciting and potentially controversial. And so we grabbed you with open arms because it's a bit of a different flavour to what we've had in the past. So the topic is why motherhood is an excuse for many women to stop pursuing their dreams. Is this fact or an assumption, Amber? Well, to me, it's really a statement which I have to admit wasn't something I came up with originally but resonated with me. I saw a lady speak at a women's event last year and it's for a group of creative mothers and it talks all about creativity and stifling creativity and she's also a mum and she actually made that big statement and it made sense to me and I suspect many women would feel the same but maybe would bury some of those feelings so I think a lot of us define ourselves by a title and that's men and women but particularly mums so you're a mum first and then you're a wife you're also a friend you might be a CEO you might be many things but I think motherhood defines and changes you in a way that people can't explain until they experience it but it's also is a bit of an excuse to say well that's that's what I do now so anything else I was before, there's a line in the sand and I can't be that. And I also can't reinvent myself unless I'm forced to through some sort of necessity. So the idea that it's a fact is probably not 100% true, but it's definitely a statement which I agree with. Why do you think you can speak on this topic? Probably because it hasn't been spoken about very much. And I think it's something that we are probably afraid to discuss and to shine a light on. We're obsessed by putting our lives into buckets like your career, your friendship, your parenting, whatever it is. But they're all linked and I think motherhood seems to jolt in people a sense of joy sometimes, a bit of guilt, the struggle and the reality and it can be all consuming but I also think if you don't look after yourself then the danger is one day your kids grow up and who are you? So I think it's about shining a light on a topic which so many people don't actually want to talk about, but it's there. So, you know, the mummy guilt and the excuse, are they correlated? Because a lot of people do have that feeling that, you know, they feel guilty because they want to pursue something outside of, you know, being a great mum. Look, I think they're not mutually exclusive. I think sometimes being a great mum, and I can only talk about my own experience and observations that my nearest and dearest would have as well, and that is that being a mum is great. It is, it is all-consuming and there are phases of your life where it is all-consuming because you have a small baby that's up 100 hours a night and you've got to get up and feed them and change them and they're dependent on you. But as kids grow up and as perhaps you get more settled into motherhood, and I've got two sons, um, so I've been doing this for about a decade now, this whole juggle thing, it, it's this idea that you can feel guilty no matter what you're doing. You can actually be with your kids all day, every day, and still feel guilty that you're not pursuing other things so I think it's about turning that on your head its head and saying the guilt isn't just about am I being a great mum but I think it's about am I having a great life yeah okay how come we're we're at the stage where we are making excuses is it because we don't know our dreams or we're afraid to pursue our dreams or where did the excuse come from 
It's interesting. I, I don't know I could pinpoint a time that it happened, but I do know we don't, we've never parented like we parent today. What My, does that mean? Well, I think it's really intense and it's demanding and it's exhausting and it probably always has been in different ways. But this idea that we have to be with our kids all the time, that they need an audience for everything to thrive is a falsehood. And mm. all the studies show that. I mean, there's lots of studies. I know there was a Harvard uh, study in 2015 and it was it looked at both you know working mothers and non-working mothers and I know that's always a bit of a divide and, and dreams aren't just about your career it could be many things but if we look at career for example because that's an obvious one that people can identify with the Harvard study showed that the, the working mums of daughters actually had daughters that did better at school that had more more ambitious and for the sons if they saw their mother doing something else they were more likely to help out at home and mum wouldn't be stuck at home as much. So it goes to show a lot of its conditioning and the idea that you have to be physically there all the time for your kids to know that you love them, that you support them is, is not true and I think in some ways we've never had so many organised play dates, I don't even like that term, can't the kids just play or organise sporting activities and we're rushing our kids around we're not happy as a family unit because we're exhausted sitting in peak hour traffic doing it but also do the kids want to do all that stuff and really at the end of the day what's the purpose why are you doing this and is it making you happy as a family as well as a mother and what, what what's the feeling that compels us to living our life like this rushing around and um i think it's some markers of success i think it's this false idea that if we do all this stuff and we spend all this money on our children because I, I remember gifts were really something you got at birthday time and a couple of times a year but you know because there is so much excess of everything people get toys every day they can go to anything they want they get devices at a young age all of this consumer consumption is probably forcing us to want to consume more activities as well as more products so I think it's all linked into how our society views what we should be doing mm -hmm. and getting caught up with I guess you like keeping up with the Joneses. And short-term gratification. Totally. Are we as busy as we think we are? You're as busy as you make yourself. So I think choice is a big, big thing. And I know at times in my life when I've had too much on, I've actually thought, well, you know, I created this. This chaos is not able to be sustained. So what can I do differently so that I can maybe put a bit of breathing space in my life? And I think the chaos isn't necessary, but once again, a lot of people associate business with success or being on the road to success and that's a bit of a falsehood. Have you changed or had a shift since becoming a mum? So did you find yourself in that space where you are rushing around and trying to and giving your children the audience and always being there for them? Like when, when did you have that shift and maybe think, oh, actually I want to parent differently or I want something differently from myself personally? To be perfectly frank, I think financial necessity has always encouraged me, if you like, to work. So I have had my consultancy since I've been a mum, actually before I was a mum, and my business actually sustained the family while when my first son was born because my husband had transitioned out of his own business and was looking for a corporate gig. So I was the breadwinner, and I think this gave me a different lens of what a mother could be and obviously there was a little bit of guilt in that going back to work with a young baby and I was a consultant so I could choose my own hours to an extent but I also had bills to pay and so forth so in some ways I've always worked and it has probably defined me too much at times and it's been a bit of a crutch to be honest in terms of okay I wear this badge of honour that I do all this stuff 
and I've had to pair it back. You're right. When you have a when you're a mom and you've got responsibilities, you can't be everywhere. You can't be present everywhere. So what did you pair back? At first it was probably the social life and the exercise and then I realised I needed those things. So that's part of the dreams conversation that for me a fulfilled life is having a little bit of everything. It's like having that chocolate box with a mixed variety rather than just having all cream caramels. It's just for me I need the variety. I need a little bit of my friends without the kids, stuff with the kids, stuff with my husband, stuff as a family, exercise on my own, I'm big on that. And I think having that headspace between activities so that you're not constantly feeling like you're running late, you're under pressure, you're screaming at the children because they're going to another activity that you had to pack in. But realizing sometimes you fail and failing is okay and, and there's another day. And if you don't make that birthday party or you can't do everything or you have to say no to your children because that activity is either too expensive or you can't get there at three o'clock on a Friday because you actually do work, and is it's it, okay. Is it failing? I think people interpret it is like I see a lot of parents and we have the conversation and they're almost shocked I'm like well no I didn't let my son try out for that soccer academy this year because as a family there's no one to take him three nights a week we have another child we both have careers and this year is not the year and there's always next year he's only nine and people get a little bit surprised they think a bit of FOMO they think if they don't get their kid into the academy that year their soccer dreams are, are shattered and it's a difficult conversation certainly the eight-year-old at the time was like, this is unfair, everyone else is doing it, the everyone else syndrome. But I knew that even if he got in, that I would A, not be able to do it, and then I'd have to let him down multiple occasions. But also the lesson for him is sometimes the answer is no. Mm. Now this is a controversial question, but do you think parents can project their dreams onto their children? Of course they can. And you know you know the answer to this, Celeste. I know you do. We've all seen those uh, talent quests and, you know, toddlers and tiaras and those sorts of programs. And I think, look, I probably at times I've thought that too. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? And I obviously have sons and so I certainly didn't, when I was growing up, want to be a soccer player because there were no female soccer players in, in the 70s and 80s in Australia really. So for me, it's about realising my identity is not necessarily reflected in my children. And the same when they do something bad if they get in trouble at school it's not always because you're the worst parent ever it's because they're kids they lie they get angry they break things it's part of the part of the cycle and I think it's as long as you can see that and understand then they're, they're not mini use you'll have a better experience of being a mother as well and it'll also free your headspace to think about what you want to do with your life how many mums do you think are pursuing their dreams like, you know, conversations that you'd have, you know, dropping the kids off to school or at a, like a school function. Are mums secretly wanting to do something that they're not? Maybe they are. And I, and I look, I've been asked many times this type of question in, in other circumstances. And I'll be honest, I think it's about if you, if you do have a partner, having the right partner. So I, like my, when my husband met me, I was always ambitious. And to some extent I've, I've readjusted some of that ambition and my dreams are different to what they were in my late 20s. But what I do know is I hear mums sometimes just delaying their, their happiness and delaying their dreams or that I can't, I've got to wait till my kids are at high school suddenly. Like it's like, well, that's another six or seven years. And I think we have tribes and we're, you know, we all are tribal in some way. And so you definitely find at a school gate, and most people will know this, the working mums who just open the car door, a bit like me, and go buy kids and off you go. And then mums who hover around when the bell rings, the volunteering mums, we need them all. We need them all. But for some people, I think 
they get lulled into a sense of, well, I'm used to being at home. My family's used to me doing all this stuff and making dinners every night and having everything perfect at home. Even your partner gets used to that. It's sort of like, you know, well, who's going to pick up his dry cleaning? It's like, well, if, if, that's, if that's the deal, you need to change the deal because in some ways that stuff's not important. No one looks back on their deathbed and wishes that they picked up more laundry. Mm. So I think you'll have perspective about where, at what point can you give yourself those little freedoms? Maybe it's just about doing an art class on a Monday morning instead of going to do the supermarket shop for the family. So reclaim yourself, like totally. come back. Carve out Because you can time. do that through work or being a mum exactly. or you know, family time. Or, or running a marathon or whatever your dream might be. You might never have done it before. And I think as you get older, you do lose a little bit of your edge. And so you've got to do things that either you used to love and then you want to do again. Like I took up horse riding again recently. Love it. Haven't done it since I was 12. But then finding new things as well that might fit in with your life and not compromise maybe how you want to parent, but enhance your experience of parenting because you've had that headspace and achieved something just for you. I remember we had a talk once from a parenting coach and she said that no one actually t teaches you how to parent. All of a sudden you have this child and you go, well, what do I do now? Um, and then there's that whole situation where you and how do you avoid losing yourself through that experience and that goes on for 20 plus forever years like it's a real fine line isn't it to it is discern I should say was it something you thought about before you had children about how you want to have your life and not forego parts of yourself into being a mum not entirely and I think that naivety thing comes into it I mean I'm, I'm, I see many pa parents or parents to be uh, with young children or pregnant with their first child and they'll say oh this is not going to stop us we're going to go tr trekking around Sri Lanka with the child in a baby beyond <laughs> yeah and then you're like see them a year later and they're like haven't gone anywhere because even the trip to the Gold Coast do you know what I don't hell. have kids but I, I think, would think I would be that person <laughs> and so the reality is baby needs to feed every three hours they get sick in foreign countries you know I probably wasn't prepared for that and because my mother's generation was mainly the stay-at-home mum in the, in the 70s. I, I definitely didn't want to be that. I didn't expect to be the breadwinner because of the GFC happening and my husband's business going under and feeling like, okay, I've got to go back to work sooner than I wanted to. So I probably felt a bit ripped off in that sense because I didn't get that maternity leave, which as a self-employed person, it basically paid for yourself back then. But I do think it's that idea of you've got to be prepared, there'll be adjustments. But I remember feeling really at this first mother's group with everyone their babies and you're up all night and you're sleep deprived, which doesn't help your perspective, thinking, I'm never going to go to a concert again. I'm never going to go to a movie I want to see again. I just thought about all the things I wasn't going to be able to do that I thought I would because I had to get someone to look after the baby or the baby's sick and there's no one or, you know, my husband and I have to take turns to do fun things. You're on a holiday, someone's going to hold the baby in the pool. We can't both be, like, splashing around. So... <laughs> It is a huge responsibility. It can be so amazing and life-changing in a great way. But I think those years pass quite quickly. And that, that's what I'm saying. There is a time to be the all-encompassing parent. You want to embrace it. You want to do it. But there's also a time to go, okay, what do I need to do to feel like me again? Mm. Who do you think that, like, who's someone that you admire that you think's got it, got it down pat? Does anyone really have it down pat? So I think a lot of it is smoke and mirrors. Like if you look at social media, you'd have you'd think, you know, someone like Angelina Jolie has six children, but she's got like five nannies, you know. 
and lots of help and lots of money and resources. And I think coming back to the question of, you know, why do we make excuses? I think it's a lot of things. Often it's about financial resources because hobbies cost money and if you're not earning money or if you're starting a business and you've got no cash in the bank because you've had five years at home with children, how do you do that? It's also about the idea you're constantly exhausted and tired and you plan something amazing. I've had this happen before and you've got children up all night throwing up and you can't go anywhere and you're trapped and there's a resentment which builds up. There's so many reasons why you can make excuses, but the, it's about the bigger picture. That day, that didn't work, but let's not give up on it. So working creatively with other mums is also a great way. I think you find your tribe mm. and you'd be surprised the amount of times that I will deliberately have a non-parental conversation with other mums at school just to see who they really are. It, it, just to challenge them. It can either go either way, they either love it or they hate it. So I think it's about being honest and, and working out what do you want the next five, ten years to look like once you're kind of over those early years of parenting? For mums out there, that they're not even thinking about their dreams. They're not even at that stage. They're just so uh, immersed in motherhood. What would be your advice to them, even though it could be confronting? Because it's a confronting topic for, you know, for mums. I think this is, this is the isolation factor of being a mum is something no one prepares you for. And because we live in a society now, if you're living in like Australia or you know Western society where we don't have extended families living two doors away from us anymore, living with us like we would have in previous generations, I would say find ways to connect with people who will be compassionate, be kind to you, so that might be other mums in your community, but also be aware that being all consumed as a mum is fantastic, but it doesn't last forever. And you've got to be prepared at times to not love it. I think there's this idea you're going to love it all the time. And I have to admit, I don't love it all the time. And I'm very honest about that. There are days, it's like a sliding doors thing. I think, mm, some days two kids is too much. And, you know, why, why do I want these, this big life? But then I also know at the end of the day that passes as well. So I think for mums who are, not, are still in that phase of, okay, this is fantastic, I would still start to just, even online's great, even spending some time in an online community, seeing what other mums are up to, how are they getting their mojo back? I mean, mm. it could be as simple as doing a bar class on a Wednesday uh, when the kids are at playgroup or something that allows you just to do something challenging, but also to keep your finger on the pulse what's happening in the wider world because there is a life beyond the, the nappies and the solids and all of that. And it comes really quickly and you don't want to be left behind. That's the other thing. You don't want to feel so out of touch that you lose your confidence and you lose your edge. And a lot of women, that's what happens. Mm. They feel like they could never work again or how would they do it or it's going to be a circus and I say to people if you want balance yeah you'll never have that and his dreams about just work I'm definitely not that's what I was saying hobbies which is a really 1980s word I know but but it's you know yeah like just lifestyle things and even when you can having a weekend away with the girls or a night away at a city hotel or you know just doing something that you used to love and even if you don't you know, necessarily stay out all night anymore because no one wants to do that in their 40s really, you can actually have a little snippet of who you were and not feel like you've got an audience of children who are suddenly defining you every minute of the day. Okay, last question is, can we have it all? Oh, this is the big question. This is a massive question. I think we can have it all. And there are two ways you can have it all. One is by believing you already do and being really happy with your lot. Perfect. So a bit of gratitude, of just, you know, not always wanting something different. But also realising that you'll never have a life like you did before you were a mother. 
but you can actually be okay with that, but still know that there are women out there who do do amazing things that are mums. I mean, I've got friends with five kids who run ASX listed companies and you can do what you like, but you've got to make sure that you know there's always going to be a compromise. There's always something you might miss out on and you have to be okay with that. So but it's a choice. It's a choice. Yeah, and so um, whether you miss out on that or not, it's a choice, so it's kind of irrespective. Exactly. You're always going to be missing out on something. So, you know, your identity is not lost on those, under those piles of laundry. It is there. you just got to find your mojo again and know that, you know, have a happy, fulfilled, purposeful life. Only you can do that, and no child in the world can do that for you. That's great. Thanks, Amber. Thank you.